0: You're listening to A Step Forward, episode 47, where we're going to be talking about exactly what to focus on right now if you are teaching remotely. Welcome to A Step Forward, a podcast for educators who want to help their students lead their most independent and successful lives. I'm Cassie Maloney. As an orientation and mobility specialist, I believe that you don't need to be perfect in order to be effective. Join me this week and every week for inspirational and informational ideas to help you make a significant impact in your students' lives as we explore the notion that in order to make progress, all you need to do is take a step forward. Welcome back to the podcast, my friend. It's so nice as always to be here with you. I wanted to give you a quick update about what's going on behind the scenes before we get started. First of all, you'll hear that my voice is quite a bit different this morning because I'm recording this in the morning and I never record in the morning, but I woke up and had this huge inspiration. Like this is exactly what everybody needs to hear. And I need to share it while it's on my heart right now. There are so many of us who feel so lost with what's going on. How do we even begin to learn how to teach in a hybrid model? How do we teach remotely and actually increase our student skills over the next three, six, nine, 12 months. Life is so different than it ever has been before. And that can make us feel really scattered, really lost. And we don't know exactly where to put our energy. And after having so many conversations with so many of you guys, there's a theme. and I want to share that theme with you. But first I get to share a little bit about what's going on. So this year, as I told you before, we are shifting a little bit, and it is so wonderful. We're focusing mostly on conferences. The Assistive Tech and Trends Online Conference is coming up October 1st and 2nd. That is going to be a conference for assistive technology specialists and enthusiasts. If you have a client or if you are a person with a visual impairment and you want to know how to use assistive technology in order to live their best life, live your best life, it's going to be so mind-blowing. At the very end, I'll talk a little bit more about that and what you can expect from the System Tech and Trends Online Conference. And our International OM Online Symposium is gearing up, and our planning committee for that is just rocking it out of the park. We're really going international this year. I cannot wait to share more information with you and how we are really increasing the diversity and who is on this platform and who's presenting and what exactly we're sharing with you. We're being very, very intentional to make sure that everybody around the world is represented. And we're really proud of how it is coming along. So if you speak Spanish and if you speak French, know that we're also working on translators for both of those languages so that we can reach more people. And then of course, clarity is still happening in the background. And that's really the next step after this podcast. If you're not interested in joining the conference, I encourage you to join Clarity, which will give you 10 lesson plans every single month and the digital materials. I'm going out to film this weekend and it is so much fun. It's so great to have that digital bookshelf that you can just pull from when you need it. And then we get together twice a month. So this upcoming weekend, which will have already passed by the time you're listening to this, my good friend Katie Armstrong is coming in as our guest expert, and she specializes in helping young children with multiple impairments. And she's done some really great things in the remote setting, and now she's teaching in person. And you know, teaching in person through a pandemic is much different than teaching in person typically. So we're going to get to hear about that. And on the personal front, my own kiddos are rocking and rolling with our own virtual and homeschool learning. We have hired a part-time nanny to help sometimes in the mornings when Connor's in class and Roman, you know, just likes to be a four-year-old and play or get into trouble. So she's helping them with that while I get to do a little bit more work and it is working out wonderfully. So yeah, that's what's going on. Okay, friend, let's get right into this. As I say, right into this, and I just spilled all my guts to you about everything going on behind the scenes. But you know, let's get into the topic for today. Have you ever wondered why some V.I. specialists—and that's just what I'm going to call all of us, whether you're an O.N.M. specialist, a T.V.I., an assistive technology specialist, or maybe even a caregiver somebody who has a visual impairment? But have you ever wondered why some of us have been able to help increase our students' independence during this time while most are still stuck in the hamster wheel of overwhelm and why we continue to feel scattered and their students make minimal progress. After having multiple conversations with multiple people, I've realized that there are three areas to focus on, and it's really just a matter of narrowing your focus getting really good at these three things and across the board, when people have told me exactly what they're focusing on and how their students are excelling during this time, these are the three areas that they mention. And sometimes it depends on the teacher. They're focusing more on one and not so much on the others. But overall, you'll notice this overarching scheme of these three key areas to really just hone in on. And the alternative is continuing to frantically try to research, try to ask all of your friends what they are doing and not necessarily asking them beforehand what success they've had or what they're doing. And ultimately still feeling overwhelmed, still feeling really lost, still not knowing which way to turn and which way to go. When we look at our students' skills, we all know that they're all, all the skills are multicausal and have not seen one skill that you just like teach it. There are no layers to it. And oftentimes when we are frantically trying to figure out what to do, we try to pile on so many different things that don't really mesh well together. And it's kind of like if we're baking a cake. And we put in the one cup of flour that the ingredient says. But then we look in our fridge and we're like, oh, well, we have a can of corn. So we put a can of corn in the cake. And then we look in our pantry and we see, oh, we have hot sauce. And we put that in our cake. This is actually sounding delicious. The point being, adding a bunch of ingredients that don't lead to a desired result can end up not being what you expected. And as the cake comes out of the oven, let's say you don't add baking soda or eggs, two really important ingredients, but because you were so frantically adding the hot sauce and the corn, what you're going to get is not going to be a chocolate cake. That makes any sense. So today I'd like you to take this list as a set of ingredients. And really look at how you can increase what you're doing in these areas. And maybe look at are there areas that I have been feeling scattered, that I'm focusing too much attention on these other things? And I can create more of a domino effect if I focus on these three specific areas. So, what are those? Well, the first being, and I've Talked about this over and over and over and over again is your connection with the parents or the other team members, specifically parents and caregivers. This one, if you have the ability to get in touch with a parent or caregiver, I'm going to urge you to do so. And I don't typically get on the soapbox. If you have a parent or caregiver who speaks only Spanish or another language that you don't speak, and Oftentimes, it requires a translator or other means. Check in with your admin. Everybody has different rules, of course. But if you can get them on the phone or on a remote lesson with their student, it could become a natural conversation with the student doing what they do in the rest of the world anyway. Because if you think about it, that student is often in the position to translate for the parent at the grocery store, at the doctor's office, other places like that. To where, if you're not having a legally heavy conversation, it could be a good way for you to just get in with them. Just be that person's partner, because we're all a team, and the parents are really the ones that are going to support you. They're either going to support you or sue you, is what my brain wants to say. Really, they're either going to support you or they're just probably just not going to follow through with what you ask. And in this and age in this scenario, that your students are often spending more time with their parents than they are with anybody else. So getting on board with the parents is really going to help. And I know you've heard me talk about that before. The second thing is to really look at the risk assessment that's been put out by the work group. If you don't have a copy of it, it's in Clarity if you're in Clarity, but you can send an email to our team if you don't have a copy of it because we are allowed to give it out. This document is a really our guidance. It's like our buoy in the ocean. You know, If you go to the ocean and you see buoys out there, it's kind of just lets you know, like, hey, these are your guidelines. Like this is, you pass this and it's a dangerous zone. So looking at that, you can really hone in on what skills are appropriate to be teaching and in what setting right now. And it'll have you start thinking about things in a way that you may not have before because you're not a lawyer and you're not supposed to have to think about things in such a litigious way. But right now we kind of do, we need to have that legal hat on in order to keep everybody safe. So I'll give you like a prime example, right? I'm allowed to teach one of my students in person. And I'm sure if I asked if we could ride on the city bus, the school might say, okay, and trust my expertise. And that's great. I'm glad that I have their trust. However, when looking at the risk assessment, does my student need to be on a city bus during a pandemic? No, he doesn't. Are there other skills we could be working on? Yes, absolutely. And we've talked more about that, so I won't go into that right now, but Do I need to have his hand touching things on a public city bus? Now, if you have a client who's over 18 and going to work, do they need to be on the city bus? More than likely, yes, if that's how they get to work. And that's okay for them. It's just about the level of risk that we're willing to legally stand behind if we were to get due process. And as a professional, that is something that we need to think about. But... The cool thing about this is if you look at it in a way that, oh, those are my buoys, like this is the area that I know I can swim in and be safe. Somebody else has gone out. They've done the research. They've talked to other people. They've already put in place where my guidelines are. So if I look out to this vast ocean, it doesn't necessarily feel as big. It feels like, oh, I know my boundaries. I have a safe area, and it's a wide area. You do have a lot of control within that document, but it helps you to figure out exactly where to focus your attention and your energy for each student. And it'll help you kind of cross off maybe those goals or those lesson plans that really didn't fit within the scope of safety and risk that you want to maintain right now. Number three thing to focus on, which might actually be one of the most important when you're teaching remotely, is to know how to help your students access their materials remotely. So many of us are still winging it and we have to stop. We have to know how to help our students access their PowerPoints, how to get to different things on their computer that we need them to get to. If the parents are around, this is a really great time to say, hey, let's go through and let's try. I'm going to try to remote access the computer and you can take precautions like recording the meeting and uploading it to wherever your administration wants you to upload it to. Of course, get your admins approval for doing this in general. But being able to help your students when they are stuck, you go from sitting there looking at your student while they try to search for whatever you want them to find to being able to say hey i can see your screen now this is where you need to go this is how you need to maneuver this is how you need to get to whatever it is you're asking them to do even if it's something as simple as annotate on your screen Something that you can do in Zoom. If you can't see the student's screen, their screen is going to look different depending upon if they're using a PC, if they're using a Mac, if they're using a phone or a tablet, and you want to be able to tell them where the button is. But if you can't get to see their screen, you can't help support them. So my friend Tim actually shared with me how to do that, and it was such a game changer. Now, my student has vision and he's pretty proficient but he can't read necessarily. And so he needs some support in order to be able to navigate. And by me knowing, okay, right now, you know, I can see what your computer screen looks like. This is where you have to go. And these are the keystrokes I want you to use to get to whatever it is, whether you're playing a game on a PowerPoint or whether you want them to move something around on the screen, you want them to engage and they are having a hard time with it. It's really helpful to be able to access their computer and do a remote access or to be able to teach them. But it takes a little bit of knowing assistive technology, really. And honestly, we've all become assistive technology specialists right now. I know that may not be your actual job, but we are all the IT specialists in our class. We have to know how to do these things. Of course, your admin can give you support, and I would definitely get in touch with the parents if you are working with a minor, just so that they know exactly what's going on and they approve, all that stuff. There are ways that I've seen people be able to record their lessons. Some teachers have to record all of their lessons and upload it somewhere so that the administration always has access to be able to know exactly what happened You know, it's just kind of like having security cameras in the schools. Security cameras in the schools are not uncommon, just like recording on Zoom or your video conference platform. That's not necessarily uncommon anymore. Of course, check into the COPA laws if that's also something that you're going to do, but it's totally worth it to know how to be able to help your student navigate their screen if you're teaching remotely and you want them to start taking over and taking control and being independent because what a great time. Think about what these students are going to be doing in 20 years. They're going to be running the world from home, all of them. And this is the age and the time for us to be able to completely decrease or maybe even diminish the unemployment rate for people with visual impairments. Think about it. They don't have to go in for the interview anymore. They don't have to go into a place and navigate around a place in order to have a job. They can have a well-paying, sustainable job from home and get their groceries delivered to their home. And yes, every person with a visual impairment needs exercise, but they can do that at home too. They don't have the barriers anymore that we used to have. And so right now, if we can get on board and we can help our students and clients with visual impairments really be able to access their technology, they will start to soar in ways that we probably can't even imagine possible. And when they are running this country, because they will be, they will be ready. So my friend, Tim, who's the one who taught me how to remote access through Zoom, that's the only way that I know how to do it. That's the only one that I've been using right now. He's the one who taught me how to do that. And we sent it off to our Clarity members and I taught them. They've been using it and that's been great. But he and I and the rest of the Assistive Tech and Trends Online Conference are going to be hosting a free CE webinar where he's going to be giving you the tips and tricks that he has learned teaching assistive technology remotely. What has worked, what did not work. He has tried it all. He was a person who, before COVID, was teaching in person all AT. And now he's gone on to say he doesn't know if he'll teach very much in person anymore because teaching remotely has been so effective. But it took him a long time. There was a big learning curve to figuring out what works, what didn't work. And so he went from that hot and peck method of figuring out the different strategies to now he has it buttoned up. We want to give you the buttoned-up version so you don't have to keep doing the hunt pack when you're looking at well, what software do I use, which device, and how do I get this to work, and what does this even look like? You don't need to go through that stress, which is probably holding you back from teaching those skills anyway or utilizing them in your classes. He's going to give them to you. And at the very end, after the CEU code is given, if you want to stay on and you want to learn about the Assistive Tech and turns Online Conference, you're more than welcome to, we would love to have you in there. You know, it doesn't matter either way. We're happy to serve and to give you that free webinar experience and le- just learning time. We're also going to be having breakout sessions. So you'll be able to learn from him and then break off into smaller groups and talk about how this is impacting you and what you are going to be doing moving forward with the skills that he has. Shared and learn from one another because what you take away from it will be different from what other people take away from it. If breakout sessions aren't a jam, don't worry. You don't have to participate. It's just a really good, a really fun way for us to get everybody into a smaller group so it feels like we can turn on our camera, turn on our mic, and engage with other people who might be going through the same thing, and we can learn from them. It's always really cool to learn from other people. Okay, well. That's what I have for you. Let's just review real quick the three areas to focus on. The first being your partnership with the parents and the caregivers, utmost importance right now. The second one being risk assessment. Make sure you're looking at that document whenever you feel confused about what skills to be teaching right now. You can quickly go through it and look at it and possibly even Figure it out in your head as well. It's not like a TAPS assessment or like an organ scales assessment. It's a really, really small, short, to the point, and it'll give you the ideas. And once you read it one time, you'll have a really good understanding of what you need to look for. And then the third thing is being able to help your students with their assistive technology because they're using technology in order to access your class. I don't care what you're teaching. They're using assistive technology to access your class. So you can go to all of your assistive technology friends and ask them to help you. And if they have time, I'm sure they will. But if you don't, or if you don't want to try the hunt and peck method, then come on and come to our webinar. It's going to be September 17th at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It'll be about an hour, a little bit more for Q&A. And I really hope to see you there. I think it's going to be a really good time and really transformative for all of us, and don't forget, we have the Assistive Tech and Trends online conference coming up October first and second. So, if you're interested in that, pre-sale registration is going on right now, and it just goes up a little bit every few weeks from here until then. All right, my friend, I hope you enjoyed it. Hit me up on Instagram; new handle is at Allied Independence, and let me know what you thought. I'll talk to you soon. You know that feeling when you've been rushing around all day. Your kids need food, your students need to be scheduled. It's five minutes before your next lesson and you have no plans. Teaching during a pandemic has had many challenges. Wouldn't you agree? One of which being it takes so much longer to plan for a remote O&M lesson than it did to plan for a face-to-face lesson. But that's not a problem anymore because my friend, we have got you covered. Your Allied Independence community stepped up and we've bundled together eight remote O&M lesson plans that can be taught virtually or distance, all created by your community and customizable to your individual students unique needs in five minutes or less you want them I know you do all you have to do is go to alliedindependenceonline.com forward slash remote r-e-m-o-t-e and grab your copy eight free remote O M lesson plans so you can start spending your time doing what you do best and that my friend is teaching.